Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in partnership with London and Capital and all about managing investment portfolios for sale companies. Over the next 12 minutes, we are joined by London and Capital's Kate Miller, partner and head of institutions, and Shadrach Kwaza, executive director. Kate and Shadrach discuss the type and profile of sell captives they work with today, the unique challenges and considerations for sales when looking for investment management services, and their own approach to managing sell assets. So, Kate, to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about the types of sales structures and risk profiles that London Capital is is already working with today? Yeah, we work with a large amount of sales structures across the major captive domiciles, which includes SACs in Bermuda, SBCs in Cayman, SCCs in Barbados and PCCs in Guernsey. So quite an array. Each sale captive often have their own risk profile. I think that's quite important. When we put them together, they have risk, different risk profiles, different collateral requirements, capital considerations, currency, uh, they really are quite different. And as a specialist manager, we work with all kinds of sell captives from conservative New York 114 trusts all the way through to Sterling Trust, different types. And so really, this is the dynamic bit around the cells that we work with and try and find the unique structure of them as an investment manager. And it's what makes the job fun, ultimately. We're not selling specific product. And what we do is when we work with the cell, we understand how they work, how they're structured, and we put something together for them. We, we sort of structure the investments around that. So um, Shadrach, in terms of the cells that you work with or you've come across, how do they vary in size with regards to premiums or, or assets under management? There's a huge range when it comes to cells within cell structures. Um, we, we've got some very small ones sub $100,000. We've got huge ones, uh, upwards of sort of, you know, five, ten million, ten million dollars. So there's a huge range. But I think the thing that is, I guess, the more relevant bit is not so much the the sort of size of the the cell. It's more the maturity. So where they are in their journey, that has a big impact on risk appetite and what we would do for a cell, as opposed to the, the size of the of the cell. For cells that are sort of young you know where the premium income or the claims are not as clear or are still developing you may have strategies that are more focused on liquidity whereas more mature sales that have a clear cash flow structure you may use strategies that are more focused on generating return or hitting specific sort of investment risk objectives so so size I don't think is 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 more of an issue. I, th- I think the thing that more determines what the cell looks like is is its maturity level and, and sort of where it's headed, what the long term goals are. And as we know, there's many cells that have been around for many many years, and there's lots of new cells being onboarded all the time uh, in the nature because of such growth in the captive market. Kate, cells and cell structures are, are often sold as a lower cost of entry option for organisations considering forming a kind of captive structure, but don't perhaps have the premium spend that can justify a single parent or, or standalone captive establishment. They do, however, of course, need to look for a host of other service providers of which an investment manager is just one. As we've discussed, individual cells can be relatively small entities, but there can be many of them in one structure. So can that actually be quite, managing all of that, can that be quite intensive work for, for captive managers, do you think? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> if done with individual managers to some yeah. extent, it's a relationship. And if you have multiple managers for individual sales, I would imagine it's very labor intensive and, and not cost effective. So I think along with anything, scalability is what matters. 
if you have a single relationship in place, a single DMA, a single reporting structure and stream of data, a single point of contact, one system you're using, I think it can be scalable and those costs can be passed through or cost savings can be passed through. So it can become quite an efficient process. Doesn't mean it's not bespoke because it has to be bespoke for the underlying cell itself based around the risk. But I think it's that scalability and uniformity of the process which makes it worthwhile and makes it cost effective. Um, and I think the single relationship is quite important. I think the single product, process, system, all of these things, you're really buying the intellect and the, the, the value add at the cell level rather than just the reporting and the process and that side. So how then you as in London and Capital, how do you approach the investment management side of things? As you say, ensuring the scalability while at the same time avoiding the kind of generic solution for what can be within one cell structure, very different cells. Absolutely. And this comes down to strategic asset allocation. Whilst you're using the same system, the same products and everything, actually what you're trying to do is define what is appropriate for that individual cell. And this is the strategic allocation, which is defined at the beginning, looking at cash profile, the claims, how much money there is, the sort of frequency of claim, all this sort of thing. And then the strategic allocation is what then defines what is appropriate for the cell at each level. And it's part of the same process. It's operational to put them together. You're using the same guidelines as such. It's just how much of one, how much of cash, how much of equity, how much of bonds, what is appropriate at the cell level. So that really is how you make sure it's not a generic one thing fits all. And so what then do you think is the advantages for the captive managers in this model that you've got, Kate? I think it's scalability. I think, again, we come back to that approach. The fact that you are using a single DMA, you're using a single agreement, a single platform, yet you can still provide that individuality to each of the underlying cells means that the manager can use the cost benefit of scale. Rather than having each client having an individual fee and an individual cost basis, you can amalgamate those costs. You can have a sort of the larger assets will bring fees down. So I think from the manager perspective, it gives you a very usable system and it gives you value add to your client without adding on to your workload. And I think that's where the benefits come through. I would also add to that that there's a lot that has been said about one of the benefits of, of cell structures being the ability to amalgamate everything and, and for a single manager to do a lot you know sort of repeat the process um and as Kate, kate's alluded to this earlier that you know you just because you have a structure doesn't mean you're, you're providing a generic solution what you're trying to do is you're trying to maximize efficiencies around how you deliver a bespoke solution and, and that's a lot of what PCC cells and certainly our approaches you know are there ways we can make this a lot more efficient for the cell manager and and, and for the end, end client but at the same time give them something that's bespoke so you're trying to sort of kill two birds with one stone and in terms of the individual cell client Shadrach kind of what do they get from this approach there's a few things they get so again Kate's alluded to some of this so just in terms of economies of scale so they get access to a fee a single fee probably a fee that they would not get in the market, especially for the smaller cells. So we're, we're thinking about um, cells that are, say, sub $10 million. You know, they can get some very um, competitive fees, even though they're holding small cells because, you know, we're aggregating those across assets. So, so that, that's that's one benefit. The, the other side of things is it's, it's an easy to understand model. You can have a single cell owner with multiple cells within the structure and, and within that structure, they'll be receiving reporting and a host of services 
without necessarily dealing with more than one investment manager or more than one um, insurance manager. So all that is wrapped up in, in sort of one package. And that makes things just easier to manage, easier to understand, easy to follow through and easy to audit. But I think the, the major sort of benefit, certainly from our view, is, and, and this applies for both large and small sales, is, is access to an investment manager that you know understands the investment environment, understands captives, and is able to give them the insights that they wouldn't necessarily be able to get from one single source. So rather than so trolling the internet to understand what's happening in the markets and what that means for yourselves, you get the, all that in, in one package delivered through one channel. And that just makes managing risk and managing the whole sort of captive vehicle a lot easier, a lot smoother. Um, and, you know, takes takes a lot of the burden and hopefully a lot of the sort of fear out of sort of coming into the captive world. And um, this is a very open question, Shadrach, and, and it's probably got endless answers, but what kind of investment strategies are you seeing from sales? And are there, are there any different uh, governance requirements or steps needed with regards to kind of investment policy statements for sales? It's a really good question. And we've seen a range of different approaches, but I think a lot of it generally boils down to a structure where you have a, an overarching sort of investment policy that essentially determines what the um, guidelines are for the whole cell structure. And so, and then within that sort of wider strategy, you've got individual cells that are then able to sort of reflect their own risk appetite and um, investment objectives through um, what we would describe as, as the strategic asset allocation. So, you know, the overarching policy gives you guardrails, you know, you can't invest more than X percent in, in one particular asset class, or you can't hold more than a certain percentage in one particular name. But then within that, the individual cells have the freedom to invest proportions in different asset classes or um, in different jurisdictions or, or, or markets. So, so that tends to be the structure that works and certainly works for a lot of a lot of asset clients. And again, you know, makes it easy to understand easy to govern, um, easy to audit uh, without, you know, needing to do a lot of extra work. Another point I, I would probably make on the type of strategies and, and specifically around sort of um, the investment policy statements is we've had discussions around how, how does one come up with these, these statements? Um, and especially in an environment where you, you may have sales that are doing very different things. Um, so I, I think a lot of thought has, has to go into the scalability of the whole structure. And this comes down to clear discussion between, you know, the captive owners, the insurance manager and, and the asset manager, just, just to understand what are the things that are important to, to each organization and how best to sort of reflect that in the cell. With that type of structure, you then have something that's a lot more, not only scalable, but like I said, and, and you know, I keep coming to this, easy to manage, easy to understand um, and relieves the burden of sort of administration from, from the owner and from the insurance manager. So as Shadrach just said there, Kate, I think it's probably important to mention finally that while there might be a framework, individual cells can have their own individual investment strategies. Absolutely. And it's really important. I think the biggest thing to pull out here is large buys you quality, it buys you expertise, it buys you systems and technology. And what we're trying to do is say that just because some of the sales may come in and be 50,000, 100,000 and would not normally have access, they still have the same needs and same requirements and same conditions of underwriting and everything behind it. So 
each individual cell needs to be able to define what is there. And actually, one of the things we were talking about earlier, fun enough, is when you look at how you structure a portfolio around a cell, you're looking at, as I mentioned, the claims profile, the cash flow, all these things. And you might say that a cell could have quite a, a medium risk portfolio with a bit of equity in. Risk appetite doesn't necessarily match. And therefore, it really is important that you drill down to not only what the cell is doing, but also the owner, their risk appetite. And that is defined by cell by cell, not as an aggregate. So yes, it is very much so. Well, thank you to Kate Miller and Shadrach Kwaza for their insights on sale companies and investment strategies. If you would like more information on London and Capital and their captive services, please visit their friend of the podcast page on globalcaptivepodcast.com or follow the links in the episode show notes. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and see you next time, captives.